everyone. Welcome to episode 112 of the Fitness Devil podcast. Today, we got Luca Hosever on here. We just let Luca loose. He just talked for a lot. He talked about coaching and culture and community. He's big on giving. We talked about his endgame ambitions for his business in, uh, in Renton, just outside of Seattle. We get into a whole bunch of stuff about his identity once being a professional basketball player and shifting into the fitness industry. You just got to dive into this one and explore it because I can't adequately summarize it here in an introduction. Just check out Luca and enjoy this episode. Thank you. Shut up and sit down. We're good. We're live. We're live. We're live. All right, cool, guys. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again. So this podcast comes out of, you know, two years ago, I went down to a fitness conference in Renton, Washington. That's just outside of Seattle. And it was just right around the time we were launching our first episode. And so I met in person someone I've been following for quite a while. Uh, it's Luca Hosevar. So Luke is joining us. Uh, and we talked about, in fact, I remember asking Luca to come on the podcast and, and you've been on my list of people I wanted. So we're finally delivering on this. So brother, thanks for being on here today. It's my pleasure, man. It's gonna. Um, I'm excited to to talk. Oh, who knows what with you guys? <laughs> Good. He wouldn't, he wouldn't no. shut up about getting you on for like the last year. So, like he, he bugs bigger ground like once once a month, just because like that was one of the biggest conferences that set his well. He opened his eyes on to what was kind of possible in the industry. So good. Yeah. So a little background, I guess, you know, just to, for anyone who is a regular listener of ours who doesn't know who Luke is, I got a feeling a lot of you guys do. So Luca owns Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance, you know, and that's in Renton, in Washington. Uh, and it's become a mecca of coaching, of fitness business knowledge. Uh, Luke is a big educator in our industry, you know, hosts a lot of seminars. Like if there's a facility that has a lot of in-service seminars, it's Vigor Ground. So your coaches are always being educated in all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, I obviously went to the Bigger Ground Fitness Business Conference. Uh, it was two years ago. You had one again on the same fucking weekend as our Evolved Canadian Strength Symposium, which was just <laughs> bad luck. So we actually, Luke and I chatted. So we, we made sure we didn't overlap the next year because I want to go again. And you also have both the Bigger Life podcast and the Yo, Yo the Business and Fitness podcast. So when I say that I, I like and enjoy prolific content creators, and people are just out there in the fitness space, you know, social media can almost create like a skewed image but dude you're involved in everything and then of course i love the whole history like you're actually a a slovenian export and you played uh professional basketball in europe and you turned into you know this influential fitness guy in north america so guys please welcome them so let's get right into this no so like like, you played professional basketball like that that doesn't even show up on your instagram (laughs) Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I, you know what, maybe, yeah, I'm completely fucking up my profile, I guess. Um, you know, cause it, 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 I think it would be better for my positioning if I said ex pro basketball. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, I mean, it was a huge part of my life. It, it, it I mean, you know, we, we could kind of dive into that basketball really kind of, um, I would say not just, uh, guided me, but like, but saved me in many ways. Cause I, I had a really, really, uh, kind of stint of being in, in in uh i had a lot of dumb stuff but like from age like 14 to, to 18 plus actually and beyond I, I was involved in a lot of dumb stuff organized crime and and ball was the thing that took me made me make a decision to actually come to the u.s and, and play college ball you know which kind of proceeded to, like that was that was 
eventually the reason I, I ended up here anyways, because uh, I played pro overseas, but you know, I, I fell in love with a girl in college, college, my college sweetheart, ended up marrying her. And that's what made me move to Seattle. And I've, I've been divorced now for, for like six years, but um, it, it's, it's kind of what set the wheels in motion. And two, like all the stuff that I do today, you know, the values and very, cause I, I always ask somebody who goes like, you know, wouldn't have been, would have been great if, you know, you, you made it to the NBA or this, that, or the other, or wasn't it a waste or, you know, and I'm like, man, like all the virtues or a lot of the virtues that I hold today and that matter a lot to me, I built, built through that, you know, discipline, hard work, work ethic, team play, like teamwork, you know, loyalty, like all those things like are heavily, heavily ingrained through pretty much, you know, 15 years of playing and, you know, at a level that's, I don't like, you know, think practice five hours a day type stuff, you know? Um, so, you know, you sacrifices, you know, where other kids would go have summer breaks, I'd have two a days, you know? So, so, so ball was huge, huge, huge in my life and the coaches and the coaches, you know, not actually, let me make sure that I give homage to the people that, that really, really made, you know, a, a huge difference in my life. And probably one of the reasons to why coaching was so, um, uh, attractive to me on an intrinsic level was that you know the, there were people in my life that guided me to, to essentially save me um and and created this kind of new path that that led me here today why i'm also so fired up to to be in coaching you know um i mean that's a really 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 really, really quick story but what but, i think a lot of people don't realize like and i play college sports and like when you say you played ball like it was because like you're saying like practice every day like it's you practice every day you watch film like you hang with the players if you haven't been part of that you don't really understand that like it it, ha it there's it has no other option but to shape you because it's, it's your whole life yeah, for absolutely. a long stretch absolutely yeah well here's something kind of interesting that we could dive into um you know I, i'm certainly of the age i only played high school sports i never got into college stuff but you know athletics was huge for me and you and i Luca, are at least of that age where we be retired now for professional sports we made it we know that oh right so right now like your career is flourishing in the industry with a you know really bright future but when you think about pro sports you know you get into your mid-30s late 30s certainly uh i mean how many guys are still playing you know professional sports at 40 years of age i'm 41 so that's the end of that now some people take it further but a lot of athletes get really lost because their entire identity is completely wrapped up in them playing a sport. So it's like, what do they do next? And, you know, I think as fitness professionals, our identity gets wrapped up in it, but at least there's no, there's no aging out within the fitness industry. So I don't know what you think about all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I've been around it enough. You know, I mean, I personally had like a, a definitely a dilemma when uh, I had to make that choice and I made the choice of like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to be done with, you know, pro basketball. Right. And you, and you have this like, well, who am I if I'm not that, you know, this thing that I've put so much into, I think that's the bigger thing is that when you, when you, you, you sacrifice so much and then to have to go like, you know, not that it's not going to work out. Cause I could have kept playing. I just made, I can tell you straight up. I made a decision because I was like, I don't want to be, good at it one was like i don't want to be good at anything i don't want to be good at this or very good at this i want to be like the best in the world at something yeah. that i that i love to do so so that was definitely one of the things the other was that i was seeing things around me like i had you not know, grew up i played with um 
I mean, the best of the best, you know, Goran Dragic, who's still the starting guard for the Miami Heat, you know, a uh, friend of mine, you know, guys that aren't in the league anymore, but Ben Oldrich, two rings with the Spurs, Rosh Nesterich, two rings with the Spurs. I actually play with uh, Luka Doncic's dad at Slavon, you know, Luka Doncic will be one of the greatest players. I, I think he will probably be the greatest player from Europe to ever play in NBA. I mean, the, guy, the kid's insane, insanely, insanely, insanely good. And, but, but then I had a lot of friends that played on a super high level, you know, from in the Euro League and made pretty good money. And I saw, for instance, you know, a friend get injured and then I have, have a nine month kind of like injury. And the next year worth 56% of what he was the year before, you know, and, and struggled and this, that, the other. It's, it is a, it, it's a tough, tough um, industry. You know, it's not like, I think people watch, you know, NBA, NFL, and they go like, oh, you're a pro athlete. So this is what it is. And it's like, no, it's not. And even those guys, we know the stats. I mean, you know, 75, I think it's like 75% of the players end up going bankrupt or 70 plus percent. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's high. In like two years. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I mean, the average uh, NFL career now, I think, is 2.7, you know. Um, There's so, just a story. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's just a story, a fairly famous uh, former NHL enforcer, because, you know, a lot of Canadians listen to this. And, um, I know there's a lot of Americans, too, but well, and it was uh, not not George LaRock, actually. Someone mixed up his picture and posted George LaRock, but a guy named Donald Brashear, and he was working in a Tim Hortons in Quebec. Now, some people are sort of, like, making, like, negative light of it, but, you know, man, like, it's a dude who's just doing something positive, so I don't look down upon that at all, but, you know, he's also a guy who made millions of dollars in his NHL career and, you know, turning around and he's working in a place like Tim Hortons. Well, that sort of speaks to this. So, and you don't know the story. You don't know what's going on there. He's a NHL enforcer. So you could be dealing with things like CTE and some of the, the, you know, mental, emotional struggles, the physical repercussions of years of concussions. So there's all that shit, right? Mike Tyson is a really super famous example of a guy who I guess lost it all. He's managed to stay a celebrity, but he was, I mean, we could, we could go on and on, but I think the conversation, you know, it, it's like what I guess looking back now, you know, um, a couple of things, right? Like, like you said, if most sports, you know, if you make it to 35, you've had a pretty damn good career. You know, I mean, there's very few Vince Carters in this world, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like, I think 22 years, you know, who's a legend, but um, I, it, but it's, it's beyond that. Like, so let's say if you're, you know, if your passion and purpose is, for instance, basketball, and you play till you're 35. Okay, and you're done at 35. And let's say you've, you know, you've built some security up and you have some money. But forget about that. Like, even if you could survive, which very, very, very few people could play in a pro. Like, let me just say that. Like, I've, I've you know, played with some of the best. And there's even a very few of, uh, I said, players that played in a league in Europe, like in the top leagues for 10 years, just have enough money to then be fine for the rest of their life. Like, very, very few. So, which means that at like, for instance, 35, now you have to either invest that money somewhere, start a bit, like you got to go do something. You got right. And you have another 50 years of life left. So, you know, and that's where the crisis can sometimes come in. And it, and it does come back to, you know, this whole idea of, you know, what, you know, it's, and it sounds so cliche and foo-foo-ish, but you know, fulfilling work and meaningful work. And like, what, what is my purpose? What is my, um, what are my values? What is my, uh, what are my unique abilities? And uh, there's actually, there's a great book that I wanted to kind of revert back to because we're, we're talking about identity and um, it's when it comes to identity and we have this attachment to who we are, uh, it's called Soul for Happy uh, from Mogadah. He used to be a, a, actually I think still is, but like 
super high up engineer at, at Google and uh, ended up making tons of money, like started his own companies and uh, but lost his son when his son was only 21, like unexpectedly. And really kind of obviously had to deal with that. And it was, it was challenging. And what I liked about it is that he said, you know, I read a lot of books about happiness and they're all like very, very, you know, up there in the ether. Like it's, you know, it's, it's very foo-foo-ish, right? And he said, I, I'm an engineer. He said, I needed to understand it from an engine happiness from an engineering kind of like way with formulas and man. And he wrote this book and it's, 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 it's phenomenal, but a lot of it, you know, in there, he says, you know, there's all these blind spots that we have in life. And, you know, one of them is like this whole idea of, um, you know, even like if I take away your name, you know, are, are you, are you not Andrew? You know what I mean? Like, am I, am I, am I take my name? Like, am I not me? You know, who is me? Right. So, and, and he does it in a way that it's not like it's really, really well written, but it made me think about that whole thing, right? Like this whole identity where I think that the things that we do in life, we cast, you know, um, James Clear talks about this, right? Every day, whatever mm -hmm. you do repeatedly, you cast a vote for who you are. You know, you cast a vote for mm -hmm. identity. So I played basketball for hours and hours and hours a day for decades almost. I mean, pretty much, uh, you know, and, and it was like, that was, I cast so many votes for that. that It was like, I am a basketball player. Right. And, um, but then if you attach to that with your whole emotion and stuff, right. When you stop being a basketball player, it's like now, now it's like, it, it, it kind of destroys your whole, uh, worldview and in self-view who am i now like fuck like you know I, i'm also and then for me it was like i cast a lot of votes for like I, you know i'm a drug dealer too you know and it's like <laughs> and then i had you know and i had a lot of it, it was like well fuck i had this whole dilemma you know um almost like this existential crisis of i had to think like who do i want to become right and fitness was like i you know i've lifted lifting weights since i was 14 years old my mom opened the gym as her second like she worked at the bank she opened a gym with a friend, you know, so she worked half the day at the bank and the next whole half the day at the gym. And, and, and at 14, I started lifting weights and I was a scrawny kid. So I was like, you know, trying to like, I was never picked in ball. And like, that's why I really got, I had a chip on my shoulder and I started lifting and, you know, I had some really good role models, um, including the, one of the top powerlifters in, in the country at that time, trained at that, our gym. And crazily enough, um, these two guys, one of his name was Alyash Pigan, who was a five-time world champion in the straddle uh, and also Olympic medalist. So gymnastics guy that would come up and, and they'd show me stuff, and, uh, which, was, which was pretty cool. So, so I, I started lifting off the right way uh, because a lot of those guys and got stronger, was able to jump higher. So like that really kind of got me to buy in into fitness you know, and strength and performance. And I got really, really kind of geeked out by it. So by 15, I was already like reading all these books and studying everything. And, um, you know, I ended up training under one of the top track and field coaches, uh, Sergeant Georgievich, like really hard to say, like hundred bucks if you can say that shit real quick. Uh, but, uh, and you know, so I was, I was training with, and he trained Marilyn Adi and Brigitte Bukovic, you know, silver medalist in 92 Olympics. So, uh, on a 110 meter hurdle. So I was just getting like all this, you know, knowledge and I was entrenched in it. I mean, I was reading fucking like speed trap from Charlie Francis, you know, like when I was like seven, you know, so, um, Jesus. yeah, so I was really, but the thing is, but at no point in time, am I like, I want to be a coach. It was like, Hey, I want to be a savage. You know, I, I want to dunk on people, have unlimited conditioning, be jacked. Like that was my, cause I was insecure. So I, I had to like seek the significance through these different things, you know? And, and so my journey really started in, 
physical preparation at like nine, 10 years old when I was really already starting to play basketball at a you know high level for that for that age. And then at 14, I started lifting weights, you know, so I'm basically 24 years into, you know, lifting without ever pretty much missing more than 10 days, I think. So, it, it, you know, and that what, what was happening is that in the background, I was casting a lot of votes for, I'm a, you know, I'm a fitness guy, I'm a performance guy. So, you know, after I came to this decision of like, I'm, you know, and in, in, in college, I ended up doing a minor, um, I did a you know, I was kind of like, well, what fuck? I'm going to play pro ball. So who gives a shit what I take? But, you know, I'll take business. <laughs> business is, I guess business is good. You know, right. I got, I got to do business. You know, but then I was so intrigued in all the other stuff that I was taking like basically anatomy and kinesiology. And I ended up having a, getting a minor because, you know, one of my professors were like, well, dude, you're doing so many of these electives. Why don't you fucking get a minor in uh, exercise science kinesiology? I was like, all right, well, I'll do that. Um, and but once again, like no, you know, no thought process around like I will be a coach, right? And and I started, you know, but I started enjoying it so much that uh, I was playing pro ball, and my brother actually, who played, you know, pro soccer, was training some people with kettlebells. And there's there's a whole story around kettlebells that, you know, we started doing them in like I don't know, like 2001 or something, you know, uh, like like long, 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 long time ago. There's a handball player in Slovenia that. Like coached um, me and my brother, and it got me really into it. And long story short, my brother's like, "Hey, listen, I got these four guys I'm coaching. Like, I, I you know, it's kind of like a side thing. I uh, can't do it anymore. I know you love training. Like, you've already been training. So, like, and I was training teams. Uh, like, my basketball team, like, hired like by my coach was like, dude, who coaches you? And I was like, I just write all my own programs, you know. And and he's like, what? Because I was two oh six and fucking Tomahawk Duncan, and you know, was, <laughs> so. I was, so he's like, well, you, would you write the programs for the team? I was like, yeah, like throw me an extra, you know, 250 bucks a month. I'll do it. And, and I did. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, I, I was doing whatever it took, man. So, so that's how it started. And my brother was like, man, you want to take these three, four guys? I was like, fuck it. I'll take them. Um, started training. And it was all kettlebell stuff with those guys because that's what they were doing. And, uh, and they fucking loved it. And, like, they got great results. And they, so they go to my brother and they go like, they go like look, man. He's like, you're, you're good and stuff, but there's something about your brother. I don't know what it is, but like, <laughs> this, but he's like, this is what he should be doing. Right. And I never even thought, you know, my brother tells me that, like, I never even really thought about it, but I did fuck. I just loved, I loved it. Right. It was like, you didn't have to, I wouldn't need to make a dollar. I was just enjoying myself. And I think part of it was that whole idea of like coaching, giving back, like, like the thing that changed my life, you know, uh, it, it inspired me to do that for others. And that last year that I played for Triglav to play pro, like I actually ended up being like practice in the morning. Then I'd coach like four, five, six hours between outdoors. We had this, uh, this place in Tivoli we'd coach. I'd coach at a gym. I was writing articles for him. Um, it was called Soko. It was like this big franchise. And it started getting so crazy that like I had to tell people like, well, well, well no, I can't. Like I'm, I got a fucking, you know, professional basketball game night. Like, <laughs> I got, so it was it was kind of nutty, man. It it really was. But that that helped because, you know, when I decided, like, I, I I cast enough votes there to when I had this existential dilemma. I was like, man, like, um, like I I think this is the path that I want to go. And so when I moved when I moved to the states, because we started we started our first gym actually about nine months before I, I ended up um moving to Seattle with me. so it was me, my brother, and my friends. Uh, Gigo and, and we started it basically I convinced them I was like we got to open a gym it was the first like 
I, I think what a lot of people don't know, it was like pretty, it was the first gym that was a functional training gym in Slovenia. Uh, you know, what, what we would consider functional. And it's know, still functional. going to this day, right? Your brother still runs yeah. it there in Slovenia. Yeah, my brother, two of my, uh, two of my best friends, uh, another guy, Greg, I like, we have, you know, 450 members. It's the number, I mean, like, we, we, it is the gym. Like, it's the gym. If, um, if I remember correctly, you guys brought, did you bring Dean Somerset and Tony Gentlecourt in there to do their, their workshop at one point? Yeah, so, I mean, ago? we basically, yeah, yeah, we, we, what we've done there is, I mean, we can't do it at the frequency that I do it in Seattle, but, um, Every single year now, like we've had uh, Eric Cressy, Mike Robertson, Joel Jameson, Martin Rooney, Dean and Tony. We had Lee Taft. Uh, we've had we had we had a lot. Of, we have a lot of uh, a lot of top guys come over there, and and then we do our own education um, that like that we run, and we get other coaches from the country to come through. Um, we got I think we got Pat David. I think we, we're getting Pat Davidson for next year. Oh, yeah. uh, huge, huge, huge buddies with Pat. Yeah, my boy, yeah, Pat. Like Pat, a, Pat, Pat's a special dude. <laughs> <laughs> Likes to stir fucking things up. That's and yeah. that's what I like. I mean, I don't know him well, but um, he's, you know what? This is a horrible term, but like he, he was like dubbed like a terrorist of the fitness industry, and like <laughs> I have joy when I when I see one of Instagram posts pop up, because uh, I just see people cringing reading it, you know, and I'm like. <laughs> the problem with uh, his stuff too is he's a PhD, so if anyone says shit to him, like he lives it and is like brilliant and like if you looked at him and didn't know him you'd be like this guy is a complete <laughs> idiot like you're gonna post that on facebook and <laughs> and they just I, 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 I love it i mean that, i mean because the thing i actually was talking to pat because i, I want to get him out to to vigor in uh 2020 as well um i mean it's it's becoming so crazy now that like i've never you know when i look at 2020 yeah. i legitimately have to go where do we even fucking have space to, you know we have we have so many events are lined up for next year i mean we got mark chang we got fra we got i just talked to brett bartholomew so we're going to do an apprenticeship uh but almost every year we have we have, we have john russin come back we'll probably have another cps with jody and uh smitty i mean it's, it, it's it's crazy like we have to really think through and then there's the summit and there, you know so my goal is kind of to have at least eight but more like 10 um external seminars every year uh you know or or in, or instant, which is, I mean, it's, it's outrageous. We've had in the last 10 years, we've had 72. Yeah. Um, and which is insane. When you run events now, like, like we've done it now too. Like even the concept of running an event is a lot of work. It's not just like you hire someone. It just happens. Like that's a lot. So, of work. Yeah. I mean, the thing is the ones at the gym, I've done so many now that they're not that difficult. Now the summit, that's another that's the summit is another ball game you know that that is a um let's just put it this and i'll say this my stress levels of putting it on have lowered because i've gotten you know a better like better with like you know having event planners to help out a lot and the the bigger team and like you know everything's just once you've done it a number of times it becomes less stressful um but it's still a crazy big undertaking i mean and I don't like I'm I'm very transparent about stuff. So I, I, I don't mind. Actually, I, I like to share as much as possible about the behind the scenes stuff. You know, like this year, you know, was the first year I'm like, all right, I think we can break even on this fucking thing, you know. <laughs> and no, uh, you know, and what ended up happening is that we ended up uh, actually buying breakfast both days for 230 people and lunch one day for 230 people. 
Um, you know, and the, and the hotel was like, dude, there was more people than we expected. The foods ran out. And I was like, fuck it. Cook more food, you know. Yeah. And cook, just to cook. When I said that sentence, cook more food. Well, that was $17,000 right there. Jesus. Uh, so, you know, just so people understand that one sentence can cost you seven grand um, when you run big events. And so, you know, that was that was a that event cost more than six figures to put on. And this, you know, it's been like that's the third event that we put on has been more than six figures. Um, but I'll tell you what. So and, and this hopefully is a lesson for I just business, I guess. You know, I always think about the person that's coming. Like I'm, you know, I, I don't want to cut corners. I don't want to skip. Um, I think about how can this person have an incredible experience and I'm not going to be cheap, you know, and, and, and put a dollar in my pocket, but then the experience is not going to be what I want it to be. And of course, like, you know, we sell stuff on the back end. thankfully. I mean, shit, like, you, you know, you have to obviously just the, the fact that it makes sense. But, um, but I always, for the actual event, I always think about the experience and like, how can it be better than anything else? that they've ever attended you know and that whole you know thought process of like hey if somebody paid 400 bucks or 397 or 497 like that they wonder like that like i could go home and i was you know, like legit so yeah I, I was i was gonna like follow up with that so that way you know, like i was there so you know i was a uh, you know a, an attendee of that event and it was memorable i remember you know having sushi and sake that one night <laughs> And there were two dinners that were sort of the, the VIP things. And I got to sit down and have one-on-one -on -one conversation with Martin Rooney, who I've been reading his work for forever. I got to hang out with um, uh, Max Shank, who was cooler than hell. You know, I one day, because Pete Dupuis and I, we've become friends from before, previous events. And we've had Pete on a couple times recently. Pete's just a super awesome dude. Having breakfast with him. Uh, and then some of the people I met, like Andrew and Bless, who had the, the bigger bowls. Yeah. I was talking about our side bowls yeah. from the from their place there and they're great people. So the whole experience, I love your gym. Like your gym is just this cool, awesome environment. I love the the murals, the, the stuff that's painted on the walls in that place. And so that was the experience, like a lot of the takeaways that I had from that. And I still have people to this day, like uh, Seth Gibson and uh, Tigran and a few others that I still chat with that I you know met two and a half years ago down at this thing or two years ago, awesome. I suppose. Yeah, so like I just wanted to sort of paint that picture that's something that maybe you couldn't articulate but i can because i was someone who attended your event so and this actually kind of all this talk one of the things we want to ask about is if you're talking about like the past and the present uh you know what's the end game man what's the end game ambition for you if you have one you have a vision for all this stuff i i do um you know i just ended up like reading so so this is gonna is relevant because i just read i just read simon sinek's new book um amazing book yeah, it's really, really good. But again, and and it kind of brings that to mind. This kind of like infinite game that you know it's very, very. And, and I'm sure you guys see this, man. Like I, you know, I've seen a lot of it. I've really changed my perspective on on um, on business these last I don't know, like years. It's probably five, definitely, but last three even more. So you know, this kind of pressure to get somewhere. You know, um, I think I think the whole industry pushes it you know like the, the pressure to get to six figures seven figures uh this many members that this that the other and i think that that and it you know and there's merit to it of course because like you need a target right you need direction um but how much you know how much you invest into that direction that's another question because there, like there's so much pressure and stress around you know that horizon that you know 
that that people actually lose the joy of the process and i don't not just the joy i would say that they lose the uh the, the focus and intention of the process yeah and so then the work actually isn't as good as it could be because there's so much energy being put towards the next you know if we reach blah 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 by this blah 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 date you know then everything will be okay and then fucking you get there because i've done that right like then i got there and i was like okay we're here now uh uh then we got to go to this place you know and um and that that in itself can just become i would say a journey of um you know I, what was that saying there is there is no happy ending to an unhappy journey you know yeah you end up making decisions about the journey based on this financial goal and if that wasn't there you would have probably taken a different path and like i think i see a lot of people who are like aiming for money targets they're making decisions solely based on that and they Correct. almost lose sight of what they were even in it for and then that's like cliche as well but it, it's ring rings true every time i've seen it almost no it, it is and it's like you know i i thought i thought about it and like look i i think we all want to be you know i mean what is successful is is, is probably a whole another you know, 10 hour podcast right <laughs> but, yeah um, right but 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 I mean, I think that, you know, finan financial success, like, is important, of course. Like, it creates security. I can take care of my family. I can, um, you know, take care of my, my team and, and, and help them get to where they want to go. I can give back more, which is huge to me, is, like, paying it forward. So it, that's important, right? But, like, what do you give up, you know, for that? I guess that's, that's really the question. And so my, my thought process, like, I, I was talking to a friend the other day. I said, okay, you know, you got this 10-year path. And, you know, one guy because of you know somebody told them that they'll never be anything and they're worthless goes fuck you and then you go they go on this 10-year journey of building a business and making 20 million bucks right and while they're doing it they're like they're fucking like miserable they're just like i i don't give a shit about anything i'm gonna make this business this worth 20 million right and they do they reach it in 15 10 15 years they reach that and they got the, their 20 million right like okay now i'm selling the business okay now what now you got 20 million great job Right. And like, let's say I, on the other hand, go, OK, in that same time frame, I'm also busting my ass. But I'm like, man, I'm really I'm really this is really meaningful to me. Like this thing that we're building is meaningful. I love it. I love what we're doing. There's you know, there's competence involved. There's contribution involved. There's connection involved, like the three main intrinsic motivators of human beings. And yes, like there's struggle involved, like it's fucking hard. But I'm busting my ass and I'm doing this thing I love. And I don't, you know, I don't put as much pressure on myself about in five years being at blah, 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 a million. But after in that same time frame of 10, you know, 10 years, 12 years, whatever, I'm, I'm you know, I have the business do or whatever. I, I'm arbitrarily saying some shit, right? Three million, right? Whatever. Now, in that whatever 10 to 15 year period, who was more successful? Hmm. So because like, look. In that 15-year period, one person hated what they were doing. The other person loved what they were doing, right? The other person got to this place. But the thing is, is that 20 million really going to fulfill them? And we, I mean, we kind of know the answer to this, you know. And that's uh, that whole happiness thing. In the correct. Thing. It's like there is no happy ending to an unha unhappy journey. Would you want to live that? Like, I mean, could you imagine living a life? For well, there's, there's a maybe a good famous example of this. If anyone's familiar with Dave Mustaine and Megadeth. There's a guy who has hit the heights of superstardom in terms of like touring for a long career, tons of albums, millions of records sold, millions of dollars made. 
And the guy's been pissed off the whole fucking time because he got kicked out of Metallica when he first started. Yeah, yeah, I read about that. that. And that's showing up in a book somewhere where he's Metallica or fucking happy, living life and doing well. Mustaine is all these gifts. And dude, he's just been pissed off the whole fucking time. You know what? As soon as when you brought that up, it made me think about uh, because another book I just got done with was was Stillness is the Key, which is great because I I love Ryan. Love his stuff. Yeah. Ryan Ryan's stuff is great. And but it's not in the book that he said it. I was listening, I think, to an interview with him. And, he, and, and, he, and it was like this kind of idea of, you know, you know how like a musician will go, we'll make it, you know, they're a great musician and they'll make it, but they didn't make it big, you know, like fucking Justin Timberlake big. Right. And, you know, he says at, the, at that point in time, they think, right, that that was the, that was the curse, but maybe it was the biggest gift that they ever got. Because, uh, you know, I like I know like. I mean, we we all know, but like I, I have some really close friends that train the great, the biggest celebrities in the world, and they're like they cannot leave the house, like they don't have, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, do you would you want that? You know, maybe maybe that that thing that you, you think was a curse was really a gift. Um, you know, how big do you want to really get? You know, a lot of people go like, I want to be the biggest ever, and it's like, do you really want to be the biggest ever? You know, so and these are like, you know, I've, like we're kind of getting philosophical here, but I think. You know, I went through so much shit in my life now that, like, I look back and I'm a lot more philosophical about stuff and, and try to mentor, I guess, the, the younger generation coming up, hopefully. You see it, though, because you can see the younger generation has that mentality that they can have it all now, probably because of Instagram and all the stuff they see. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, if you go through the, like, you guys are 40, like, if you go through that process in time where that wasn't around, you almost have to live through it where everyone just sees it and it's like this is how it is it's, it's not how it is and when you end up there like it, you're flipping the coin of whether you're happy or not and like what is happiness well i can say like you're not like how happy you're gonna be fucking taking your pictures on instagram and making no money even though you think that's what you want everyone thinks they want all this shit exactly but the thing man i, I did i'm a friend of mine did uh and she was uh actually i think she still does a lot of life she's really really good at it but we were, we were sitting down just like years ago, and, and she kind of like, we're having a conversation. She hit me with this like quickie and she's like, hey, uh, here's a piece of paper, uh, three minutes, write down all the things that make you happy and don't really in- include like anybody else necessarily, right? And I'm like, what? She's like, go. And I'm just writing this stuff out, you know, like she's, she's got me on a timer and I get done with it and I look at this list and like pretty much 90% of it didn't cost much money. So stuff like, you know, drawing, spending time with friends. I love hiking, being in nature, you know, playing basketball, uh, like doing doing music, believe it or not. This is a whole nother story. I used to do a lot of hip hop and whatnot. Um, and it was like all these things that, you know, travel, but obviously travel takes some money. But even, you know, driving down to Cannon Beach in uh, Oregon Coast, that doesn't take a lot of money. Majority of it was free stuff. Majority of it was, you know, uh, with people. I was like the people that I care about. And it wasn't anything spectacular, right? Uh, I, I enjoy getting better. So it's like reading and, and studying and stuff like that, which, you know, I actually do enjoy it for the, the sake of what I'm doing, not the result, just the sake of what I'm doing. And so I'm, you know, so when you look at that and like, this is a drill, you know, maybe not that I told it to you, because uh, it's like when somebody gives it to you without the whole like preparation thing, it's even better, right? Because you're just like writing. And then it's like, oh shit, like, I am waiting for this thing to make me happy. X, Y, Z on my bank account, um, going to Bali, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I, there's this gap between now and when that thing happens that's filled with like mediocrity or like this, meh, you know, wait until I get to this. But man, like, you know, 
like these basic things every day that you could choose. You could, and like, I'm, I'm really busy. I, I'm a workaholic. I work really, really, really fucking hard, like insanely hard. And, you know, and I think that it takes a lot of hard work to be successful. Um, and, you know, smart work, smart and hard, uh, especially at the, at the beginning. But like, who says that today, like you could not go, all right, one of those things that you wrote down, go draw for like 30 minutes, go sit on the dock and read for 30 minutes. Um, you know what? Plan a hike this week. Hey, go with a friend and, and, and go do some cool shit. Go. I love eating. I'm a foodie. So like, hey, on Sunday, schedule brunch. Yeah, these are like free things. These are things you can do today. You don't have to wait. You know, and I think that that whole analogy, like you don't have to wait to be happy. You can do stuff right now. And all of it is pretty much in front of you. Like some of the best times of my life, I, I, I do a lot of you know, some mentors actually go like, you're doing too much. You know, why are you helping all these people out? Why are you doing this, that, and the other? You know, I, I, I co-coach uh, Jay Farouge's mastermind, you know, mm-hmm. so, so four times a year. I was just in Miami. Like, I go, you know, we go to Austin, we go to Miami. I think we're going to go to um, Sedona, but, we, you know, we do San Diego, LA, and so on and so forth. And like, well, why are you doing that? Like, you got your own thing and this and that and the other. And then I, uh, I'm, we're doing some stuff with Joel. <laughs> like, I go to Craig Valentine's twice a year and, and usually speak there. And, and it's like, why? Because I fucking love, like, I love doing that. And I love the people. And, like, the, it's priceless that time. I can never get back. That if I'm on my deathbed, I'll actually remember, you know. Um, how much are they paying you? How much? Like, I don't fucking, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing it for that, right? Like. So I think that that's something that people should really explore and ask themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that goes There's back some... to like the more money, more problems. Like it's, it's, <laughs> and like, like I, I told, like I did, I did some downsizing recently, but I bought a boat and I can say I'm not making millions of dollars, but I can tell you I've spent a lot more time doing shit I like than a lot of people who are making it, you know what I mean? Or grinding. And it's, it's one of those things like what defining happiness, blah, 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 blah. But like a lot of people already have that in their life and they don't appreciate it because they see these figures of where they want to be and they've just discounted their whole life. Yep. I was really, I was going to point out this um, because you know we've talked a little bit about what we portray on social media and stuff. And one of the things that I actually find really helpful for me um, is when I see you, Luca, on your social media, kind of the end of the day, you'll be chilling out at the edge of Lake Washington reading a book or just like some of the little clips of social stuff. And it's like you hanging out with your friends and taking that downtime. And that reminds me, hey, you know, I got to make time for that sort of stuff. And I like how you portray that stuff in addition to all the hard work. Meanwhile, there's a different book in every fucking frame. It's like, how the fuck do you read all that stuff? But <laughs> Which I get a kick at. At least I haven't seen so much bang energy anymore. So I guess you're, I saw you recently uh, sleep. I mean, as you said don't... that, nice little yeah. commercial intro. Uh, yeah. You know what? Like as I, as you guys are talking, I'm like hold up, there was a fucking question at the beginning. Let's get back to it. <laughs> you want to end, end the game? <laughs> so the end. I uh, I just got the uh, Anthony Renner's book that like i forgot I, I even was interviewed for that thing like be like the best and it's kind of like a tools of titans for the fitness industry thing i want to read it too yeah i haven't read it yet. it's great so i mean it's good because it's got like snippets and stuff you know and the thing i talked about in there which still is my i mean there's so much stuff man like that that i want to do and achieve and and but but with the gym and with who we are here in the community i always dream about like this you know uh Vigorville, you know, and, and even with this building, you know, most people, I think when I said, I'm going to buy a building, I'm going to do, you know, this is what I'm going to do with it. They probably thought like, yeah, sure you will. Um, you know, and, and then I wrote, I think like years ago, I said, Vigorville, you know, and people are like, what's Vigorville? Well, like 
if my ideal would be like build a mini city, you know what I mean? Like next to Vigor, there's a dope ass like Daru Market, which is you know like farm to table restaurant, like fast food but really healthy, really delicious. And then there's a brunch spot, you know, next to it. And then there's a cafe, and then there's a, a Russian bathhouse slash spa. You know what I mean? Mm. I own the whole fucking, you know, like I, I or I or we, you know, as, as a group of people own the buildings. But be, you know why? Because one of these quotes stood out to me, probably learned it like 10 years ago. It says, you know, environments trigger behaviors. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fastest way, and we understand, like, look, we all have a subconscious. We have patterns. Our amygdala is fucking with us all the time from, you know, trauma from age four to eight, yada, 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 right? And it, that we can change it, but it takes time. But get the fastest way to shift a behavior is to shift the environment, you know, and that's why, you know, when you come into Vigor, why are there quotes and these, you know, why did I spend so much money and time and energy on, on the, the murals and, you know, thinking those out, the investment it took to it. Like, why is there a fit bar and a physical therapy in the house? Now we got a recovery room and, you know, uh, I keep, I, I keep bugging Spencer Nadolski to fucking move his ass to Seattle so we can get the doctor in house, you know? Yeah. And, and because that environment is going to trigger certain behaviors and then our culture is going to be each, you know, our, each of our members is going to help trigger the behaviors of other members to do better. The coaches are going to help everybody that do better. And now, but what now, now you're like, Hey, listen guys, let's, let, let's go to, uh, after training on Saturday, let's go to, um, brunch next door. Oh, yo, let's go to every day. Let me go eat out of this dope ass restaurant. That's farm to table. That's invested in the community, right? Let's, Oh, let's every, you know, three nights a week, let's meet at the spa right here. Let's, Oh, there's a co-working space, but it's like, Everybody that hire this, that rents space out has free team training here at Vigor. Like that's the big vision because, you know, I always like it's really difficult to make the you know people are like I want to change the world. I'm like that's overwhelming, right? Like yeah, what's fucking gonna Trump like gonna that. do? Like you know what's what's yeah. Trump gonna decide? That's gonna affect us. I said like look, I don't give a fuck about any of that. But what I can do is I can affect every person that comes in here. I can affect my team. I can affect this community, and let's build it from the inside out now. Let's say 10 years from now, you know, we have four, five, six, seven businesses and they're all together. And then we're collaborating with all the other small businesses because I'm a big like proponent of a small business. You know, small businesses, 51% of GDP in America. There's 24 million small businesses. The majority of them fail over the course of 10 years. So it's really important. And yet we're not doing enough with it. You know, so how can, you know, so I have like these big visions around not just the fitness industry, but small business. And how can you build this out? Have this massive, you know, charitable philanthropic component, which we're doing and we're building up on. And then, then like when we make this shit work, because like this is working and like we have our struggles. Don't get don't get it twisted. Like I could talk about our struggles, too, all day long, but it but it's working. But and we keep making it better. And like in 10 years, we're like we made this shit work. Now go take this fucking thing and do it in a community in Detroit and in Milwaukee and in whatever. So like the model that we've done, use it around, you know, around the world. And that's what fucking changes the world. But it changes by, you know, from the inside out. You actually told me, uh, you probably don't even remember this when we were there. You told me about the goal to buy other properties and build up a lot of this stuff. So it's actually really cool. That you're, you know, I was gonna, seeing that forward. Um, go ahead, Dean. Then I was going to be intentional. Conversation. We've, we've talked about this like multiple times with tons of people and mostly in the nutrition space, but like environment. Like the environment we're in is basically a hostile environment. There's so many outside oh, yeah. influences and stressors, blah, 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 blah. 
and I think Ben House talked about it, was just like, we can only affect the micro. And so you're basically going to buy your own micro environment, probably half for you, so you can live longer and help, but you can you can create that model, which no one's well, exactly because no one's because we because right now you're either going even as as businesses right like I mean people always say like Luca predict that you know I, I I do my best guess of an educated guess of where we're going you know with with the fitness industry and everything else but I think you're seeing this trend of you know either you go uh, you know you go wide or you go deep you know and wide is you know Apple trying to figure out the new you know how to you know plug in behavior change into watches and zap you when you're smoking or when you're fucking you know eating a carb or whatever dumb fucking thing that you know that, that people believe but it's like the the point of it is is like that's that's macro right that's that's wide but most people like i know if i want change i'm gonna go deep right i like and i'm not saying like i think that those companies they're doing that are great like look i think we need to go wide and we need, we need to go deep but the majority of people what are they seeking i mean like people are seeking like more depth right and people are seeking more like in the most connected world, we're so unconnected that it's crazy. So, like, I know that I, you know, whether virtual reality, you know, and it's coming up because, like, one of my buddies here just moved to Seattle. He 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 does. Uh, he's a workplace expert, and Facebook brings him in. Like, it's Facebook's platform, and yet he's he's a bigger expert than the Facebook <laughs> bring him in for it. But he's like, "Yo, Luke, I got to show you the stuff that's happening in virtual reality, where you'll be able to like." You imagine like so imagine like hiring and, and firing uh, and, you know, uh, being able to deal with employees and build teams on an emotional level that like virtual reality will now be able to simulate it. So you'll have conversations with these with, with people that aren't really there so you can train yourself to have radical candor conversations and crucial conversations. It's fucking gnarly stuff. Right. Like and he's like, dude, I got to show you this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's bananas, it's, you know, and, and I think that will be like, see, I, I'm not against it because I think it will be helpful. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I'll never want to go into a virtual gym and train with you guys. You know what I mean? Like I want to be there and fucking like go bananas and high five you and like, and, and like have the real thing. And I want to go to the, you know, the farm, the table spot and break bread with you and, you know, do this, that, and the other, like dude, our gym in Slovenia, we have beer. You know what I mean? Like people like, well, you guys have beer. I'm like, dude, like, you know what? You want to go to our gym in Slovenia and see like how much, you know, in, on average people are, are much fitter and less, you know, like we have way less obesity. Health is better. But guess what? People after a tough ass workout, like give me a fucking beer, Matei. You know, my brother is like, they're drinking beer. And because it's part of the lifestyle, right? Like, because people don't worry about, they don't have morality around food. You know, it's, it's, um, in, in, but that environment, right, like triggers certain behaviors and their positive behaviors and people go on hikes together and they do this, that and the other. And so, you know, I, I think that that's the depth that people are looking for more and more and will continue to. Right. And they'll continue to. And so for me, it's like um, and it, it ends up being uh, this idea of I want to create the depth. You know, what I mean, like we can't you know, we can't coach a thousand people. You know, at 300, you know, three, three, I don't know, 350, I almost want to shut the gym down and just continue to innovate and, and you know, kind of like support that community. And then the things that I'm learning through, you know, I think Vigor is a lab. It's a lab for everything. It's a lab for training and transformation and, you know, nutrition and behavior change because we do it every day and day in and day out. And I study this shit still every day to make it better. 
and then it's a lab for small business and and, and marketing and sales and how to you know how to be uh, a change maker in the community and then it's the lab for you know philanthropy and how do we as a small business make a difference with meaningful work be beyond you know the thing that we profit from um you know and then i then i go teach that and like that's what you know my business coaching and, and, and our business coaching with Krebs and all the stuff that I speak on now. And, you know, it, it's crazy because I get brought into, you know, I go to Boeing and, and do leadership training. I, I just went to the Lifetime Athletic and um, this week to do uh, team building stuff. You know, I get contacted by like these big companies and it's, it's cool as fuck, but it's like, you know, because some people have seen and they go like, we love the way that you do this and operate it. And so I, we want to, you know, you just show us how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, and so, but, but the thing is, this is still the lab. It's the lab for everything. Every day I get up, get up, I study business, I study marketing, I study training, I study behavior change, psychology, neurology, like I'm a geek, right? And, and this is the lab, but that's why I don't want to have 10 gyms or three gyms or a franchise or any of that shit because it's art. Like to, to me, is you know, the book that I'm writing for next year for the industry and probably be a free, you know, free plus shipping type of book is, you know, the the art and soul of creating an iconic fitness business like that's going to be because it is it's an art and there has to be soul behind it and yes there's principles of business and marketing and all these things but if there's no art and soul to me to me personally then it just doesn't work like you know it as it, it doesn't really entice me so it's almost like in this micro like develop the micro to the the most excellent level that you can and make this big big difference in a micro community and then teach that to others so that we can have a lot of, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of coaches creating a huge difference in the micro community. And, and that's, that's how we change, you know? And that was the big thing is like that whole wide concept is we'll just use Apple Watches for saying <laughs> good. We can all agree it's good for people. They they walk more and do all this shit. But like how much does it actually change the bottom line? And that's where the micro comes in because then you can actually fix all the stuff. And you have more time and you have more effort. There's more things affecting it where an Apple watch isn't going to change your life. Like for some people it might, but for the larger community, it's, it's that's not a goal that's going to make a huge you No, but I mean? the thing is, do you really see yourself, you know, like, yeah. uh, okay, so I do think about this stuff a lot, right? Like me and Farouj like always talk about like the, the eulogy, you know, what people are going to be saying at your, at your, at your, uh, yeah. and it's like, you know, imagine somebody going up, you know, when Kevin got his Apple watch, yeah. turn everything around you know it's like it won't but you know what but, you know what what will they they will say is like hey man like that guy changed my life i remember that time or you know that when i went to that place and i went to that gym and that community and when i created those friends and like man that's real that's the shit that people will remember man like and there has to be a model for it because like you can't i call it waking people up but like i went to the jungle for the houses thing and a lot of people come out of that camp trying to make changes in their own life and their own micro communities because you, you don't know what it is. Like that stuff doesn't matter till you understand what it is and it matters. And then you basically become the spark because if you walk in the bigger ground, you have this micro environment, they're going to know pretty quick that the environment they're in is vastly different and probably not as good. Exactly. And it, I mean, and it comes down to that saying, like I've been, you know, around like, you know, sports has given me that too, that I've yeah. been on massively talented teams that didn't have that environment, you know, that, that, that culture. And I was just around, you know, uh, people that individually were great, but with a toxic culture, you know, and I wanted to get the fuck out. And I didn't develop. And then I've been on teams that, I mean, actually one of the, you know, really huge success stories. And I'm, I mean, I don't talk about it because it's like, 
I played for a team called Olympia, and it was number one team, still is probably the number one team. I mean, for, it was legendary for, for decades. And, you know, they went to the EuroLeague uh, Final Four a number of times. Like, the majority of the top NBA guys in the NBA went through that, you know. Um, and then I had the struggles. But I played for them when I started, like, when I was 12. And then at 15, I switched teams. So, basically, it was one of those things where you just made the roster. You were like, yeah, I made the roster because there were so many good players make the roster but i wouldn't play that much but i'd I'd bust my ass and i knew i was better than that so i I went to this team called yancha and it was like basically i bet on a team that had like no history and uh they had a pro team in like the third division no youth team we created the youth team and this coach was like hey listen man i believe we can build something special and it was it was almost like what's that fucking movie the uh like the misfits or the 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 you know the football one that was like the replacement the replacements yeah. the replacements we were the fucking replacements but you know what I mean but but the culture but but all of us were crazy like yeah. crazy in a sense of like I will do fucking anything so and I will like, last year oh man you know, oh, sorry I mean basically it's it's like I will throw myself on the ground and I will you know rip skin off my body to to jump for every you know loose ball and I will fight for you man and like. And we went in, in three, like it was unheard of. In three years, we reached four, uh, in, in four years, we reached three final fours, you know, under 16 or 18 or 20. And, and it was like, people couldn't believe it, you know. And, and for a while, they would talk shit about us because we were the guys that were like, we're the only team that was all lifting weights. You know, we we're jacked and they're like, oh, they're jacked and slow, but then we fuck everybody up. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is like, you know, that, like that showed me what's possible, right? When you take, when you take a group of people that are so committed and dedicated to a a, a vision that they don't have to have the greatest talent but they can do unbelievable things and and like that team this day is now one of the top youth teams in the country has a history like we created that you know and and i go back to that and and my coach is still the coach you know of those youth teams and um doing amazing amazing work in the whole country with, with with those youth teams and so like, you know, I think about that and I go like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we got fucking multi-billion dollar companies. I mean, look, Lifetime Athletic is a multi-billion dollar business. But guess what? Like a lot of times, you know, those guys are so concerned about like, I don't know, turnover and shit. Like it's the little guys, you know what I mean? Like, look, we're still the little guy at the end of the day, financially, if you look at it, right? I mean, everybody can outspend us with what they buy and equipment and the gadgets and all this other stuff. But you can you can never ever 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 replace like the, the heart and soul and the, the co- commitment and dedication to you know the craft and how much you care about people and you know that's that's what I learned from that young age going like yo look look at what we did like we're a fucking bunch of like replacements but we're but we're, <laughs> we can do this shit like we can beat the best in the country when we unify you know was it just well, that you mentioned small business because I would say like unless you've been on a winning team and you understand that I'd say a lot of people don't fit into those bigger businesses and that's where small business comes in. You get a lot of those people that have had those experiences that want to make those changes because they know what it's like and they wouldn't fit in in those bigger companies because you lose that. Like you do. You do. And actually I was just like, you know, I'll tell you this, this is really, really hard. Um, So I I, I put up a post on Facebook and I was like, Hey, tell me a memory from bigger ground last 11 years. You know, we have, we have like 200 comments right now or something like it's crazy. And probably 50% of people, maybe even more, bring up the garage. You know, so the garage was my original gym here in, in, in Renton. And it's ironically, it's down the street from where we are now, like 400 yards. It's like a little white garage, no window. 
uh, black mold, you know, just fucking. Like, <laughs> you know. But it became a cult, like a cult gym. It was, it was legendary. You, you can actually go ten years back on YouTube and just watch. Like, we're pushing prowlers in the middle of the fucking street. Buses are coming by, and we're like, buses, like, no, no, hold up, we got two more sets. Cops calling us. <laughs> it was nuts, man. Jesus. But people, but people bring bring that up because there's like there was something about that place, right? It was smaller. And it was just something special about it, you know? And, and the thing is, as you grow, like now, like I, I love where we are. I mean, this is an amazing building, amazing space. But as you grow with the team and the size and everything, you have to work 10 times harder to keep that culture, you know? And we're in a process now where I'm trying to actually go reverse, go backwards when it comes to that intimacy of space and, you know, being like, guys, like it's us against the world. Like, you know, there's this Arabic, Arab proverb that, I actually is one of my favorite problems when it comes to when it comes to team, you know, it's like, hey, better to have a thousand enemies outside the tent, outside the tent. You know what I mean? And 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 because it's like you have one enemy inside the tent. And the enemy could be somebody that's uncommitted. You know, it doesn't even need to be like this negative somebody that's uncommitted is an enemy. Like it can create, you know, a cancer in the culture. And the goal is like let's get back to like we gotta feel like we're back in the garage and treat people you know, like that and like have this fucking like, you know, tight knit community because people, you know, it's because things get better and you get the cooler equipment and this and that and the bigger building, it actually, and, and as the team grows, it's actually harder to continue to keep that culture. And so now take that to the nth level and have a hundred gyms and this much, you know, like, man, it's, it's almost impossible. And so then, so then you, of course, the, the better gyms, like even Lifetime Athletic, I got to give props to Brian Bowen for bringing me out. He's a fitness director, manager there. And so he's taken it upon himself to build that team in a different culture, if that makes sense. Right. And so we need more people like that that are doing things like that. And, uh, and, and so, you know, and I, like I said, I'm more than happy. Like when I get on podcast, sometimes I'm almost I'm like, hey, ask me about problems because I'll tell you all the problems, <laughs> you know, because I, I think that what, what happens, too, is that people go like, well, look, Luca, you know, he's killing it. He's doing it. And like. Every day I can tell you some shit that we're working on that like is I'm struggling with right now and I have to solve. Um, and that's real. And I guarantee you that anybody on IG that's like, you know, like, man, you got to do this. and You got to kill it and make millions. OK, cool, dude. Tell me the top three problems that you have right now. Right. Because they have them. And I'm saying like they have them. And then maybe a better question after that is, OK, cool. How are you going to solve them? Because I like to focus on solutions, not problems. But I also want to show people like, bro, like that guy that's fucking killing it. Like, man, when, when he gets off IG, he might be up till like three o'clock in the morning because he fucking has to solve this thing. Cause I was up on Sunday with Joe Jameson until three 30, figuring some shit out. You know what I mean? And then I was back up on Monday at like seven 30 already shooting a webinar. You know what I mean? Like this, it, that's the real stuff. You know, that's the real stuff. Like ask people about struggles and how they overcame the struggle. If you want to learn a lot, you know, don't just go like, Hey, what's working. Right. Like, um, I think that's one of the big issues in the industry right now is that you're looking at all this, like zapping you with all the cool shit. You know what I mean? Like, but man, dude, like find, find out what were some of the biggest struggles that people had and have and how they overcame them and how they're going to overcome them. And you'll learn a lot more than just looking at the fucking cool, shiny object stuff. You know what I mean? Cool. Uh, anyone listening can tell that like Luca is so passionate about this stuff that we could talk for probably four or five more hours, but I know you don't have much more time. So we had one big last question for you and then what i will do is you know guys uh, luca's got two podcasts and a whole bunch of other stuff so go check out what he's doing because you know, 
he's pretty influential on the way I think and a lot of the stuff that, that I get into. And I find I snare a lot of pieces from what I see and it helps keep me on track. So we've always been talking shit tons about books. You have a book of your own coming out next year. And, um, you know, I, I want to ask you about coaching and culture and community and all this other abundance mindset stuff. We didn't even get a chance to really penetrate that beyond what you could hear in here. So let's get you to share, you know, maybe a book that's been really influential to you. And then we're going to tell everybody where to find you on social media. Okay. And I'm, look, I got another, I'm more than happy to, to touch on some of the, those, those seeds. Um, let's do that then. Okay, we, cool. We can do at least another 15, 20 minutes. Um, sure. And then, we're good. Then. I got a one thirty, but, on, on the books, you know, this is, I like, I think that like, pro, you know, proximity to, to what I've read is, is probably going to influence what I'm going to say right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm currently at over a thousand books read. So that's why it's like tough, right? Like to, <laughs> and, and, but like one, one I always, like one I always bring up and will continue to, because if even one person buys this book and reads it, I think it will change. It did change. Like it's, it's a pretty big statement to say this book changed my life, but it did change the direction of how I thought about stuff. And I read that, uh, I think it was nine or 10 years ago. The first time I read the go-giver. I knew you were going to say it. Um, I knew you were going to say that one. Yeah. yeah, It's, and it's, you know, I reread it every year, at least once, sometimes like two, three times, you know, it's a quick read. Um, but it was like, you know, it's like I said at the, at the summit, I said in in life, you know, there's three things that kind of change the direction of your life. It's, it's either the people that you meet, you know, it's the books you read, the, the resources you go through, the so on and so forth, or it's the experiences that happen to you. You know, and I, I had a lot of experiences happen at that time and then read that book. And it really made me go. I just said, I'm going to live my life this way. You know, the, the way that the book, you know, the five stratospheric laws of success. And, um, and man, it really did. I kept coming back to that. And I, I can say that, you know, majority of the time, obviously not perfect. I, I live my life by that. And, um, and I do think that anybody that reads that book, that if you, if you don't get through that book and go like, wow, fuck man, like I, well, I need to shift some things that I'm doing and it gives you some better direction of how to operate. Uh, honestly, if you don't get out of that, you probably got a fucking problem and you need to read some other books that I'll give you. Um, <laughs> so it's a so short that, book too. So it's easy to yeah, it's a short book. There is, I mean, and there's four, there's actually four books in a collection now. Um, you know, it's go giver, sell more to go giver on leadership, the go go giver on, uh, on, um, influence as well. And they're all great. They're all great. Cause they all build on this story from, um, you know, the original Pindar, but the original, if you, if you can read one, read the original. It's still I think the best. Um, so that's certainly one of them. Then another one that like, I think for business and customer experience, like I've, I've been studying Danny Meyer for a long time now. Um, and he has a book, it's called setting the table and it, you know, Danny Meyer is one of the most, uh, I would say six, probably the most successful, um, I, uh, restaurateur of our time, you know, uh, 25 James Beard awards, uh, has, I, I was going to say has never had a restaurant shut down, but they did have to shut one down only to reopen it. Uh, because the, 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 the prices of real estate were so leasing were so high in New York. Um, but he also is the guy to start a Shake Shack. So it's, it's, it's a billion plus dollar company. His, his, his company is now, um, but he termed, uh, he coined the term enlightened hospitality. And I think we're all in a customer service and hospitality business. Uh, and I think it's one of the most groundbreaking business books 
that you know people should read and, and um it's called setting the table and if you go through it and i i also love food and love restaurants so it was even, even easier for me to read but I, I i promise you if you read that book and you keep rereading it you'll find so many nuggets of leadership team building customer service and experience and just straight up business savvy that'll fucking blow your mind um and and so I've, i'm actually uh scheduled to go i'm I'm, uh, I'm finding one of the dates that's going to sync up it's a three-day enlightened hospitality leadership uh not even a, a seminar it's like an experience in uh in new york with danny meyer with the group um it's, it's pretty on i think it's like six to eight grand or something like that but i think it's it's very very worthwhile to do uh so i'm, I'm actually scheduling that because i want to learn from those guys and and I've, start, I've started like looking at like one of my friends is getting me into the four seasons for a customer experience um, seminar slash workshop, you know, because I, I think we need to look outside. I think we need to look at the industries that, you know, I, I think the I think the gym industry is probably top three, you know, hardest industries maybe in the world. Uh, but I certainly know that the restaurant industry is number one. You know, that's I think nobody can argue with that statistically. So why wouldn't I look to, you know, a service industry that's the hardest on the planet and look at somebody that's influenced that industry almost more than anybody else and hasn't had a restaurant, almost no restaurant shut down in 30 years, which is unheard. That's like me saying, hey, guys, let's go to fucking Pluto tomorrow. You know what I mean, like it's, it's, it's almost impossible. And, um, and so that's the person that you want to learn, you know, learn from. So that was a really, really influential book. Uh, I mean, I, I could go on and on. Uh, <laughs> but guys, let me know how many you want, and I'll, I'll I'll knock them out. And you know, what are the I guess what are the what are the different parameters that you want? And and I could probably knock them out. You're like well, the best person for this because Andrew's like a book savant too. You guys are probably like at the same amount of books. It's like no, no, no. Lucas read more than I have. Um, and like obviously, the other guy in this conversation is Mark Fisher, who's a mutual friend of both of mine and Lucas as well. And he's just as a prolific consumer of this stuff too. Oh, but yeah. if you wanted to throw anything just quickly, kind of about some of the philosophy behind coaching community, you know, your abundance mindset is obviously the giving stuff. You know, you certainly hit on with uh, with that book. If you had any sort of parting thoughts with that, and then we can share where people can find more of it. Yes, certainly. And like, I actually, what's was good. This is good piggybacks on the book because um, this is I'm I'm kind of taking this from from Danny Meyer on the side of. So he has something that he calls, uh, it's actually his hiring kind of thought process. And um, it, you know, in his mind, like the way that he breaks it down is like, if you have complete competence of your task skill set, right? So in coaching, that would be, you know, let's say we, you know, knowledge about nutrition, knowledge about training, program design, you know, external and internal cues, and, uh, you know, how to structure group training and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Like the technical stuff um, that we must be great at, like don't get me twisted, but if you had complete and utter knowledge of that, like you're 100% competent, all those things, like you'd get 49 out of 100 points, right? The other 51 are all basically come down to what, you know, he calls a, a, a 51ers. And it's things like, I mean, first of all, it's, People that care about your success, and it, that's a like it's a value. It's how people are uh, are, are kind of, I guess, driven, right? And it's everything it, like the values that he compacts into that is like being empathetic and compassionate, being a team player, being uh, committed to growth, 
right? Uh, active listeners, so on and so forth. But like mostly if you packaged it all up, 51er is like a person, like I am basically commit. Like if, if you succeed, it fulfills me. Like me helping you, it's like that, like servant leadership, right? And the, the, the reality is, is like the, the 49, I could get somebody that has, you know, five points out of the 49 and I could over, if they're committed to growth and, and learning, I can get them to 49, right? If you got somebody that's five out of 51, I can't do shit for you, my friend. You know what I mean? And so, and, and sort of one of the key things is, I think for fitness businesses, hiring people that are close to, or if they're 51ers. And I would change, like it would change your business. It really, really will. Cause I know I'm a, I'm a teacher at heart. And so I like educating and teaching, you know, so I can teach the 49. You know what I mean? Like those are all things that can be taught. Like the, while I think you can't influence, you know, people's uh, perspectives and belief systems, it takes a long time and sometimes too long to jeopardize your business and, you know, the clientele that you have in serving them. So, and, and it, you might be like, well, how does that go with coaching? Well, here's how that, like how that influences coaching is if you have people that uh, all the people around you are committed to being servant leaders. The thing is, even if you have no fucking checklists, you know, like guys, all right, here's our checklist, you know, here's our checklist to make sure we're doing the things right. Like those people are driven to serve. So they'll find ways they'll do the right stuff. They'll listen. They'll be there early. They'll follow up. They'll, Hey, you doing okay. Da, 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 right. Like, They'll do all those things naturally, and then you can guide them a little bit and create systems and structures, but you can have every system and structure in place, and somebody's not a 51-er, they're not going to do that. You know what I mean? And it's, it can't be taught. But guess what? Guess what I can teach you? I can teach you about program design. I can teach you about the excellent nutrition. I can teach you about systems of nutrition coaching. I can like can teach you all of that, right? And it's and weird, all- too. Like, even if so you talk about the 51%, it's, it's almost weirder if it's not natural, like obviously there's some learning involved with that, but if you're like a robot in the 51, it, it doesn't come off genuine. No. And if you guys listen, you guys will know this, right? Cause you've been around people. Like as soon as you said that, like I have like, you know, I know it's like, so yeah, like I have coaches that we've had from like the last, you know, no, and no, like I, I'll say disrespect. I mean, everybody is different, you know, but I'm like, man, when you teach them the stuff, but deep inside, you know, it's like, uh, we had it. How Jordan are you Sy- doing? We talked about with Jordan side. You can tell by how someone laughs. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Body language. Everyone, everyone fucking knows. Like, that's why, like, it's, 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 it builds that up with everyone. Everyone sees it. They know, like, they have fun and it breeds that. But if it's a fake laugh, it's all, also the opposite. You're like, that guy's fucked up. Like, yep. And a person knows it too. Like, I mean, there's the, you know, I, I know Frank Kern back in the day. He says, so I was years ago, I was, I was, I was hanging out with him, like listening to him speak. And he goes, you know, have you ever been at a conference where, where somebody's speaking and they're saying all the right stuff? Like they've studied the structure of presenting, right? They got it. They do the right things, but there's some, but you can't connect. There's just not like this subconscious connection. Right. And you're like, I don't fucking know what it is. Like he's doing the right stuff, but I'm just not like, there's no emotion. Right. Because like they've went through the technical aspects of it but they didn't add the fire, you know, the enthusiasm, right? Like, you know, enthusiasm, the ism, right? That, that Martin Rooney talks about is like, I am sold myself, right? I'm sold myself. Like, and the thing is, I mean, you can't like, you know, sometimes I do, I would say morning podcasts, uh, people are like, you know, international people are like, Hey, I got like a 7am podcast. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll do it. And I get up and I'm like, Oh my God, why did I say yes? 
you know, and, and the first five minutes, I'm like a little slow, but then you get me talking about this. Like I, I could, I could be dead. You know what I mean? And like, I'd be like fucking like Jon Snow, you know, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And then you, and you start talking around coaching and I'm dead. And people around me are talking about coaching. I'm like, what'd you say? Fucking coaching. Oh, you know, and like, I'll, I'll get up and like, I'm, I'm, I'm going because I'm so sold myself. And like, I'm so on fire about it that like, I'll get tired afterwards. But while it's happening, like, dude, you, I, I can't even fake this shit. And I know I had a bang, but if I had no bang, it doesn't matter. It's Luca juice, man. Like it's, it's, I can, I can be on fire about it. And to me, it's like, if, if you don't have that, man, it's cool. But like, man, maybe you should find something that you have that about. You know what I mean? Like find that fucking thing, you know, like that for real. Like it, the thing is, it's not worth, I feel like it's like the, the whole, you know, John Gordon, like the energy bus. Um, and, and I say like, Hey, he talks about have the right people sitting on the bus with the right seats on the bus. I'm like, fuck a bus. Like we have a spaceship. You know what I mean? Like we're, we got a spaceship and we're going to, to, to fucking another galaxy. So the people that are on that seat in, on that spaceship with me, like, you know what I mean? Need to be the right people. And if you're like, like, man, that's not the right person. And like, that doesn't make you a bad person. I love you. But hey, maybe you should check out some other place or some other, you know, that that will get you. It fired. also comes around circle to what we're talking about the micro growing too big is like that quality gets harder to find the more you try to add it in because like there's a, there's a shortage of those people. And like that's why cream rises at the top. Like it's hard to find those qualities. And I think that that's what a lot of small businesses that go bigger have the biggest problem with is they get worried about getting the wrong people. And like the wrong people is the ones who don't have that. Correct. And it's hard to find. Like It's hard to even define until you you know it. You know it, but like it's you can't just. I don't know. It's hard. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I'll say that. Like, where does it begin, though? Like, it begins with you because I think that a lot of people have a hard time finding it because they don't know themselves. Yeah. Right. And like, and I fucked this up. So, like, man, I cannot tell you how many times I fucked stuff up. So, you know, this is a lot from experience, right? Where I thought I was like, oh, I should hire this. And this. Like, the clearer I am about who I am and what I want and like what I believe in. You know, it's like now I, I know I'm like, man, that person doesn't fit, man. It, they just, you know, it's, it's almost like this visceral response. Like, ah, man, I, I see some stuff happening. Um, it's no, no bueno. You know, and I've, I've made decisions where my, my mistake is I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a helper. So a lot of times, like when a person would be doing dumb stuff and they keep doing it and they keep doing it, keep doing it. Like, I'm like, oh, I can help them. You know, I can help them change. You know, I can, you know, and like, and because that's what we do. But, you know, you can't like you're, you're there to help clients change and you're helped to grow and develop your team. But there's a big difference. Like, man, if you start from a good foundation, which is to me culture fit, man, then then you can do a lot of great shit. But if there's no culture fit, it's a lot of lot of lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work to move this little bit. You know what I mean? I was just with my buddy Ryan Fisher and he's talking about his gyms at Chalk. And like his CrossFit gyms. And essentially he's like, I know within 10 seconds, like I'll quit the interview just because they don't vibe with me. And like, that's the same conversation. His, his, his method for his vibe. But like, if they don't have that, he can't do anything with it. But you now, can do you know other shit. We know what's a great, like uh, Steve Jobs, I think, I think it was Steve Jobs. And he said, uh, if I see that they don't have that twinkle and spark in their eye, like it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and like, I get it because the thing is, if the person said, hey, Luca, man, like, I really don't know. Like, I, I love fitness. It's changing my life. I really don't know much about this fucking program design. It freaks me the fuck out. But I see the spark in their eye and like, uh, you know, some clients walk by and they're like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what, what's your name? I'm, and I'm like, 
oh man, they got it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, forget about program design. I'll teach you all that shit. Don't worry about it. You know, like I got you. Or can, you know, can you work hard? Are you super committed? You know, say, test them with some shit. Like, hey, listen, can you come in on Sunday and, and do this at 9 a.m.? Oh yeah, sure. No problem, Luca. I'm like, ah, yes, yes, yes. Well, right? Like, it goes to the other fact too for like any of the, cause we've got a lot of coaches that listen to this and trainers. Is like, if you, if, cause you know, kind of, if you have that driver fire, find places that fit that too. Because that goes back to going to like the bigger business. You will get lost in that and you will hate it as opposed yeah. to finding someone who appreciates that quality because that's where you want to be a lot of the time. So that, that's that's just hard. For sure. And then that's, you know why, that, that's why I say, uh, what Justin J's mastermind, I have a guy that's changing industries, works for his pops and he's moving to Austin. He's like, I want to do train. I want to be a trainer. I want to be a trainer. And she's like, what do you think I should do? Like, you know, should I go try to find a smaller gym and work there or should I go to a big box gym? And work there first and i said well both of them have benefits but i was like i would have you consider going an intern at the best gym in the area work for free and then in your other time go and work at a big box gym and then use those skill sets because you'll be in front of tons of people and you'll stand out doing the things that the best smaller gym is doing right like and then you know from there you can build your clientele and make a decision maybe you stay there for a year or two like maybe you go you know what i mean like but you you definitely want to you know you want to intern what, what's so crazy to me is that like you know I, I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm as busy as you can be. But if I wanted to, in a certain area, fuck it, let's say like, hey, I want to get even better at presenting, uh, you know, and do X, Y, Z. And there's the best presenter on the planet goes, hey, Luca, listen, man, uh, if you want to intern 15 to 20 hours a week, uh, I will, I'll teach you stuff. Right? You're going to have to do shit for me. You're going to walk behind me, carry my stuff, do this, that, the other. Um, and it's it's free. It's, it's non-paid. Would you do it? I'm like, yep. Yep. You know, but it's like, don't hold up. Don't you work all the hours there are to work, Luca? Yep. But listen, I, I don't give a fuck. And, you know, and now you have people, man, I've had a couple of people that go like, so what's the pay? And I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? What's the pay? There is no pay. The pay is the knowledge that you get. You know what I mean? And it's a way more knowledge than the 20, 25 hours a week of work you'd be putting in. You know what I mean? Well, like, look where Jordan Syed is right now. I mean, yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk was paying him, but he was paying him peanuts in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. I think it kind of paid off the grand scheme for mm -hmm. Jordan. He's doing pretty well for himself, right? So same principles. Exactly, exactly. And and really, it's just a focus. It's a, it's a frame of mind because if my frame of mind is like, what I get, you know, and I could go like and, and, and say, uh, I mean, shit, like I'll, I'll get, you know, a thousand bucks an hour and go and, and do workshops, you know what I mean, in different places even more. But imagine that like I go with that mindset and go like, hold up. So I'm going to work 15 hours a week. Like I could make no fuck. Like that's a, that's a wrong perspective. Cause I'm like, no, I don't like, I'm going to like get so much value from this and the relationship and the connection. And like, now I get an opportunity, man. Like I'm going to bust my ass 10 times more than another person and do thoughtful stuff. And then who knows what door that's going to open. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, once again, if you, like, this is probably the most important thing because I know we're kind of getting towards then. And like, maybe the most important thing that I can share is this. It, like, your beliefs determine your attitude and your attitude drives your behaviors. And like, I don't give a shit what I strategically tell you. Like, tactically, tactically I could run you through, like, you know, if you ask me a question, how do you do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Step one, step two, step three. And I go through it. It will not matter if your belief system is is somewhere else. Meaning like, if your belief system is that you're not worth, I don't know, 150 bucks one-on-one uh, per hour for, for a training session. If your belief is like, I, you know, my family's 
never been successful and I'm not, never meant to be more successful than blah, 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 right? Or, you know, insert whatever belief you want. I'm unlovable. I'm, un, you know, whatever. My genetics are so shitty. I'll never be lean and jacked and whatever, right? Now, the belief may not even be conscious. It may be subconscious because we have three to 400 traumatic events between the ages of four and eight, three and eight, which get ingrained, you know what I mean? And so, so there's this whole like, and it sounds foo-foo because I'm, I'm a, you know, most people will look at me and go like, ah, oh, like, dude, you're not going to preach this like up in the ether shit. But look, 95% of our, our, our mind is subconscious. So, so the thing is like, if you had, you know, 5% is conscious. So if you had 95 horses pulling one way and five horses pulling the other way, what's going to win? Well, the 95, you know, so it's like there, there's, there's merit to how to re reprogram and rewrite, you know, the subconscious mind and get out of that stuff. You know, I mean, one of the ways obviously is like, let's just all take a nice little six gram dose of fucking uh, psilocybin and just get it over with. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, but, which I think I, I am a big believer in also, you know, I'll say psychedelic medicine and things like that. But, um, the, you know, the, the reason like when we teach, when I teach person, when I teach sales, like there's a little pyramid and I'm like, listen, man, like you're asking me about the, the tools and you're asking me about the skill sets. And you're asking me about the scripts, right? Like I can give you all of those, but you won't be successful because I can hear the way that you're talking is that there's something below that, which is your mindset. And your mindset is your ecosystem of your beliefs. And below that is your beliefs and below that is your energy and intention. Like we got to fucking like address the bottom of the pyramid to get the biggest results. You know, and that's how I've seen people go from charging, you know, like, oh my God, a hundred bucks a month to like a thousand bucks for like, you know, I don't know, two weeks, whatever, right? Like, because they, they, they break through that, you know, belief system, you know what I mean? Like, so that's really, really important. And it's important to, it's important to investigate your beliefs and, you know, kind of almost like ask yourself, is this belief serving you? Like you tell me that you want to go to here and then this belief here, is it like, is it possible that you'll get there with that belief? Cause it's a quick, like, probably not. Okay, cool. Then maybe you want to drop that shit. Well, that's hard work. And then that's like the whole idea of the 51%. You can't just like, it, it, it doesn't just happen. And the people that have it, have it. But again, you can, you said you can like, you can kind of get someone there the long way. The long way is awakening and questioning these things. Yeah, that's correct. Time. Correct. Like you might not be able to bias that very fast. No, like, no. I don't do it at all. Yeah. And, and I think that no matter how good, you know, like I, I, I feel like I'm good at stuff. Right. But like, I'm not fucking, you know, the magician, like shit, even Don Howard can't like, you know, transform some people. But the, and the, the point, the point of it is that, um, I mean, there's certain things that come into play here. And unfortunately, you know, what have been my biggest kind of transformations in life have been traumatic events, you know, like massive pain trauma that obviously make you kind of rethink a lot of stuff, right? Like, um, and reach out for help and, you know, go deeper and kind of seek these answers, uh, that to be honest with you, we're, we're seeking all along our whole lives, you know, and to, to me, it's almost like, well, I, I'll sometimes, you know, as I'm mentoring new coaches coming up or interns or coaches and go like, Hey, I, I hope like, look, I'm, I'm trying to ask you some questions. I'm not giving you answers. I'm asking you some questions that you might want to, you know, try to answer for yourself because I don't want you to have to, you know, go through some massive trauma in three years to then get this answer that maybe, you know, you can discover a different way much faster because we only have, like, we don't have a lot of time on this, on, on this earth as this, you know, 
this this flesh meat vehicle that we're in right now. You know what I mean? And and so it, it's like we don't have the time to make all the mistakes ourselves. And that's why you get mentors, and that's why you get you know communities and groups and masterminds and your people. And like I said, that's why you go to uh, the Ben Ben House's retreat, and and it's like and you accelerate these things. You know what I mean? Like because you don't know till you know, and like that's the hard part because you can tell someone that, but like. They, and that's where the ecosystem and the micro does help because you can make that process faster by giving an example or like living it and they yes. can feel it. And that's, yes. I guess that's, that's hard to do, but it is possible. It, no, it is. It, absolutely. And I mean, first of all, you have to believe that it's possible. And that's why, I mean, I'm a sucker for it, but, and, and I've gotten burnt before because of it, but I'm going to keep believing it. Right. Cause I always say this, you know, it, uh, I, my my tendency to be giving and helpful and open and all these different things has also caused a a, a, a good amount of pain in my life. Um, and you know, and and what what happens is when you get that pain, your tendencies to shut down. Which I've had those moments too, right? Where you're like, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna be that person anymore," you know. But because that's how we operate, right? Threat. We we have threat. We start to create walls. But you know. I've, I've continued to keep myself open because I think the benefits of it far, 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 far outweigh, you know, the negatives. Um, and that's the, you know, being a 51er is more emotionally, you know, you're giving more of yourself to people. So it is, it takes more out of you, but what you get back, I, I think is priceless and, and it creates a different, I would say environment and world around you. And one that's, that's worth sacrificing for. So we, I know we got to get you out of here. Yeah, so you, you, you said something real quick. You said something that sounds like it's from the untethered soul, which is a great book about keeping yourself open despite shit happening to you. And, you know, I read that book at a critical time and kept me open and good things keep happening. So there's so much in this episode. That's just mind blowing guys. I really hope you enjoyed this. Up, one. We went too long. Luca. Great. I, I'd rather talk for another hour because I know it's all in there. Um, but dude, thanks for taking the time with us. I know you got to run. So real quick, tell people where, where they can find you and then uh, and bolt off your work. Uh, uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This was, this was great. Like I said, I knew we could uh, completely bypass the fucking questions. And just go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was perfect. Uh, but where you guys can find me, I'll actually start with social media because usually from those channels, you know, you can just kind of go anywhere else. So on, so on Instagram, it's Luca Hosevar, L-U-K-A, last name's H-O-C-E-V-A-R. Um, you know, put a lot of stuff there up, up on there daily, um, on, on Facebook, it's same thing, my personal Facebook, but where we put a lot of the content, at least the, the training content is on the Vigor Ground fitness and performance page. So if you go on Facebook and plug in Vigor Ground fitness and performance, it'll pop up. Uh, the site for the gym is vigorgroundfitness.com. Uh, we're, we're still the old one. We're actually redoing it now. It's going to be super nice and clean in the next four to six weeks. Uh, beyond that, we have the two different podcasts. So my podcast is the Vigor Life Podcast. Uh, you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and um, the other podcast that we just launched. Actually, we just put up episode 15 today, which I think is pretty fucking great. Um, and it was uh, the Yo, the Business and Fitness Podcast. Um, and just so you guys know, Yo's in front of it because I grew up like just you know hip hop head and Yo MTV raps. Uh, so we, we kind of stole their logo a little bit. So if they sue us, you might see us change it, but <laughs> probably not. Uh, but that's, 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 uh, oh, on YouTube, actually on YouTube. So what I've done with YouTube, which has grown crazy, actually, without me even really focusing on it in that way. But everything I ever record, I just put it on there from the podcast to the IG stuff to the longer educational stuff. And uh, same, just 
go to YouTube and put in Luca L U K A Hosvar. Uh, it'll pop up, and you can. There's only you know about eleven hundred videos on there if you want to spend yeah. them watching them or something. Um, but yeah, that's that. You can guys find me there. You know, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm pretty good at getting getting back to people, even though it's getting kind of crazy these days. So. No, thanks, brother, again. And if anyone can't tell just by a lot of the stuff I've said through the entire thing, uh, you're someone I appreciate a lot and I've really gotten a lot from. So thanks for tuning in. Luca, take care, buddy. Uh, and we're going to be releasing this one in about a week. Okay, so I'll give you all the details on that. Make a fun little graphic for you and Perfect. post it up if you can. Thanks a lot, Absolutely. man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Shut up and sit down.